Thank you for listening to the Riverbend Church podcast. Riverbend Church exists to lead all people to know, love, and live new life in Jesus Christ. We hope that you enjoy this message. Good morning to you again and to all the ladies in the house. We're going to celebrate you today. We love moms, and we take this day to celebrate moms. But uh, for all the ladies of Rivermen, God just really put this on my heart years ago. Because uh, no matter what, whether you are physically a biological mom or not, as women of God, no matter how young, how old, God created you to be life givers. And in fact, there's not a man in the room today who would be here without our mom or the women in our life. Amen. There's not a single man here. I think back through my childhood and I thought, you know what? There were women of God that poured into my life and I wouldn't be standing here today without them. And so I want you to know Riverbend Church loves you ladies, loves you mom, and we're gonna take a day and celebrate you. And so as I prayed about this day, God sort of led me to a really obscure story in scripture that I've never taught in all of my years of teaching. And I kept reading it and I was like, Lord, I, I've, it, the Lord started showing me things in it. And I was like, God, it's kind of a, a unique passage to preach on, on Mother's Day. Uh, but God just really affirmed in my heart, there's some things that I think as women of God and as moms, you're gonna receive hope and encouragement from Jesus's words today. We're gonna meet especially a lady named Mary in scripture. And so Mary, uh, when I read through it, God just kept letting these seven things stand out about her life that were inspiring to me. And so women of God, I want you to know not only are there identity characteristics that God has given you, but that you inspire others more than you think. And Mary really shows us that and Jesus affirms it. So the encounter we're going to read today takes place two days before Jesus is going to be arrested and ultimately crucified. And so what we just celebrated at Easter a couple of weeks, a few weeks ago, the resurrection, the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus. This event, or this, this, this on the timeline took place just a couple of days before that. And so literally at this moment, what you find is that uh, Jesus is actually, the, the Pharisees are plotting to kill Jesus in another house. This is what's going on in a house in the city of Bethany. And here's what the Bible says, Matthew chapter 26 in your Bible. Meanwhile, Jesus was in Bethany at the home of Simon, a man who previously had leprosy. Now, one thing I'll say about this, Simon, it just could have said at the home of Simon, but it says who previously had leprosy implying that Jesus had healed this guy, but that scar stuck with him. Even though there was no more wound, there was a scar. And so even the Lord, when I read that, he told me kind of speaking in my heart and just saying, some of you are embarrassed by your testimony of the past, but yeah, that's the exact thing that other people see Jesus in you through. And so while in Bethany at the home of Simon, the man who previously had leprosy, but Jesus is healed. It says, while he was eating, a woman came in. Now, this scripture doesn't tell us who this woman is, but all four gospel accounts talk about this, two specifically about this exact event with this exact person. And we know that this is, because of the book of John, Mary of Bethany, which would have been the the sister of Martha and Lazarus, whom Jesus raised from the dead. And so while he was eating, Mary, this woman comes in, It says she has a beautiful alabaster jar of expensive perfume and she poured it over his head. The disciples were indignant when they saw this. What a waste, they said. It could have been sold for a high price and the money given to the poor. But Jesus, aware of this, replied, why criticize this woman for doing such a good thing for me? You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. She has poured this perfume on me to prepare my body for burial. 
I tell you the truth, wherever the good news is preached throughout the world, this woman's deed will be remembered and discussed. And here we are, over 1,900 years later, remembering and discussing this. Isn't Jesus right? And so when I look through this, the quick breakdown of the story, a woman barges into dinner while Jesus is eating with his disciples and Jesus knows it's near the end. She interrupts the dinner to break a jar of perfume and pour it over Jesus' head. Now, there's a lot of speculation. Was this a box that had spices in it? Was it actually a jar? Uh, As a study, like, God, what was this in the first century? What would an alabaster jar or box have been? Quite likely that it would have been a very precious small bottle that a woman would wear around her neck. It would be, uh, not only would the bottle itself be carved from an expensive rock, but the ointment inside the perfume would be very, very valuable. Just like today that some perfumes and colognes are very expensive because of how hard it is to get them, even more so in that day. And so a woman had, when a woman had this, it was very precious to her. It was kind of something you could say like she would treasure it as a precious piece of jewelry that someone had given. But also it kind of helped out because I don't know how the bath situation was, but like it helped her smell good and that's good, right? So she's got this ointment hanging around her neck that's perfume hanging And so she takes it to the dinner table and she pours it on the head of Jesus. Such a strange deal. The disciples immediately, they're not thinking like this is weird or why'd she do it. Immediately they think, why would she waste something so valuable? Check this, on Jesus. Now from our perspective, we go, are you kidding me? There's nothing too valuable for Jesus. But they're thinking, why in the world would you break this? We could have taken the money that we could sold and got for this and we could have given it to the poor. And so... Jesus fully embraces this act, though. In no way does he think it's strange. He actually, in this story, fully embraces it. And then he says this. He looks at his disciples. I don't think he's looking at Mary when he says this. He looks at the disciples and he says, in fact, this is such an important part of the gospel story. I'm gonna make sure that everywhere the gospel is preached that this woman's deed is remembered and talked about. Don't you find that interesting? Jesus doesn't say that about many other things in scripture that it will be remembered forever. There are a few things you might can find, but he never says exactly this. This woman, what she did, it'll be remembered and talked about everywhere the gospel is preached. And here we are today. So I wonder why the Lord led me to this scripture. Could it be that the Holy Spirit put an anointing on this story 1950, 60 years ago? And today in 2022, the Holy Spirit comes back around and says, hey, I inspired that all that time ago. I want you to talk about it today. When I look at the story, here's what I want to do. I want to walk through it and show you seven inspiring attributes of a woman of God. And by inspiring, I mean this. Ladies, when you live what it means to be a woman of God, you inspire the other women in your life, you inspire your kids, and you inspire the men in your life. You inspire us. God created you, I think, to be inspirations in so many ways, and you are powerful. Just like God created you, we celebrate womanhood. We celebrate who God created you to be. And when I look at this story, I'm just reminded over and over, you know what? I've seen these in the women who have blessed my life. And so here's two things I hope it'll do. I hope it'll encourage you, but also just remind you who you are today. Because the world has told you a completely different story than what your Savior says about you. So I want to read through the story a little bit slowly again and point out a few things, a few attributes of an inspiring woman of God. Here, what it says. Meanwhile, Jesus was in Bethany at the home of Simon. Now, Bethany was actually where Jesus had raised Lazarus from the dead. So that tomb where Lazarus would have been was still there. 
Uh, We're pretty sure that this is Mary, the sister of Lazarus. So they had a very close relationship. Jesus would go into town and stay with them. It was kind of like they were so close that it was almost like family. So if Jesus didn't have other family he stayed with, this was the closest thing he had outside his disciples. It says, while he was eating, this woman comes in with a beautiful alabaster jar of expensive perfume and pours it over his head. Now, you have to understand culturally it would have been very inappropriate, not just inappropriate, dangerous for a woman to barge into a room full of men and approach the guest of honor who the disciples would have listed as Jesus. It would have been a very, very dangerous thing for them to do that, even if they were friends and they were. And so it shows us how Jesus lived. I believe that in this moment, he was calling men to be true men of God by how he treated the woman that barged into the room. He showed us so much about himself and about how, what it looks like to be a man of God and how to treat women of God. But the first attribute that I want to talk to you about is this. She was courageous. To barge into a room against cultural standards of the day, she barged in. She was courageous. And what I mean by that, she had boldness to live with faith over fear. It wasn't that she didn't have any fear. It was that she let her faith be bigger. Just like her story inspires us to courage. You know what, ladies? Every time that you do something courageous in the Lord, when you're prompted and you go, this is a hard thing, but I know God's called me to do it and I'm gonna step out in boldness, you inspire people around you. You point them to Jesus. And so every time you do a hard thing in Jesus' name, you inspire people. And so you could call it being like an influencer. That's something that's so sought after today. I wanna be an influencer and I get it. I actually don't think that it's all sinful to want to be an influencer. It actually, God created us to be ambassadors of Jesus. He was an influencer. Therefore, we are to be influencers. But when I look at you, I say, but what do you want to use to influence people? Do you want to use the spirit of God that's in you? Or do you just want to use whatever filter you can put on and whatever pretend you can put on? We can't keep that up for long. But here's the beauty of being an influencer with this kind of courage. It means that you never run out of being an influencer. You never run dry. You never run out of ability to influence people, whether it's through social media or the ones that are inside your house every day. So let me give you some encouragement. Wyndham and God, you may think that the acts of courage go unnoticed, but they don't. As a single mom, and I know around Riverbend Church, there's a lot of single moms, and, and you've been left, left holding the bag. I have to raise these kids. I have to try to work. I have to navigate getting them ready and getting them to doctor's appointments and trying to keep a job and hold it down and take care of them. And so I want to look at all the uh, single moms in the room and go, we love you, and we hope you know that like we're for you. I know it takes courage to do what you do and not give up, especially to be in church because uh, to keep your kid, to commit to, to be here and to be that mom that's, I'm gonna keep my kids in church, it's a special act of courage. Because it could be the morning where you're like, I've been stressed out all week, I'm just not gonna do this anymore. But do you know that that courage is inspiring your kids, whether you believe it or not, and it's inspiring some other people around you that are watching you. If you're a wife and a mom trying to serve your family, doing hard things, I want you to know that your courage matters. The courage that it takes to do that, because a lot of times you are being selfless and no one else knows it. You're loving other people in ways that they can never fully appreciate and probably won't on this side of heaven. But your courage does not go unnoticed. I think about all of the single women in the room, whether you're single or you're single again or you're a widow in the room. 
I think there's a, there, there, there's a bit of uncertainty in life and, and sometimes I'm just not sure, God, what do you want? It takes courage to continue to live and seek Jesus as a single woman, no matter your age. And so I just want you to know, we see you, we cheer for you, we pray for you, we love you, we're inspired by you. And this is just a pastor saying, press on in Holy Spirit courage. Now, not only was Mary courageous, while she was eating, while he was eating, with the disciples, a woman comes in with this beautiful alabaster jar of expensive perfume. Now, how do we know that it was expensive? Because the disciples back it up. They were angry. What a waste. We could have sold this for a high price. So they're the ones that kind of give value to it. And so this jar, probably like an expensive uh, sort of ornament that hangs around her neck, something that she would value for all her life that maybe she put a lot of her money in. She took it. It was real and it valuable, and she poured all the contents. And some of the uh, uh, historians said that in order to pour this perfume, she may have had to like break the bottle, so it would have been no good anymore. She had to break not only the expensive jewelry plus the expensive ointment, and she poured it over the head of Jesus. And here's what the Lord spoke to me about women of God. They are sacrificial. And here's what I want you to know. What you willingly give up matters. I could never fully appreciate what it's like to be a woman and to willingly have to give up the things that you've given up for other people, especially as a woman of God, because it requires more humility. It requires more strength, more courage. Mary gave up the best thing. I believe that maybe the first and best thing that she had here. She, she handed it over to Jesus. And not only that, it was like, I can't get it back. I poured it out on him. I poured it out for you, Lord. And so there are so many women that I know and I, I hear your stories and I see some of you from a distance. And Eric, Courtney and I, sometimes we cry, sometimes we pray and we're just watching what's going on in some lives. And we see the sacrifice that some young women are making for the Lord. And we see sacrifice that moms or young moms are making and, and grandmothers are making for the Lord. And we see what you're doing. And even though people may not come alongside you and applaud you, I want you to know, I think God's keeping note of everything, your sacrifice. What you willingly give up matters. Tell you this, for my mom, for my grandmother, for the women in my life, they gave up, not because they had to, but they willingly gave up. And I'm, I can honestly say, even though I couldn't appreciate it at one time in my life, I can today what the women of God in my life poured into me. So there's so many women and you give up to your friends, your family, your church, you give to the Lord, you give gifts and time and money and you pray and you sacrifice. And here's what I want you to know. Your sacrifice inspires other people. You know what, guys, if you're married to a woman of God and you've watched her sacrifice, doesn't it inspire you when you see her giving because of her love for the Lord, whether it's to you or to the kids or whatever other call God has on her life? So I wanna say this, there's probably things that You've given up and you feel like no one cares and no one notices. Here's what the Lord has put in my heart. I'll talk more about it in a second, but God's a perfect record keeper of everything you've ever given. Throughout your entire life, from the time you were a child until your last day, the Lord is a perfect record keeper. Every sacrifice you make, where you, if you're wrestling in your heart going, I just don't know, God, I just don't know, I don't know if it'll matter. I don't know if I'll matter to other people if I do this. That's probably not the right question. I don't know if it'll matter. The Lord just spoke to me and says, what you willing to give up matters because you have a heavenly father who takes note of it. It's, it's worth it. I'm a living testimony. And so Mary comes in and pours this expensive jar of perfume right out on the head of Jesus in the middle of dinner. And the disciples uh, are, are irate 
And you know why they're all right? They misunderstand what Mary was doing. And so that brought, brought, brought me to the next attribute. I thought about it. There are so many women and you feel misunderstood. You know how I know that? I'm not guessing. I've talked to you. I've heard whatever God has called you to do, it seems so out of the norm. Or whatever season of life you're in, it seems like just a strange season. For instance, if you're, if you're single and you feel very called to singleness, there are a lot of people that don't, they don't, they mean well. Let me speak for them, they mean well. They don't mean anything by trying to set you up and talk to you. But you're just in the season you're in right now and you're very misunderstood. I think Mary was misunderstood by everybody else, but guess who didn't misunderstand her? Jesus. See, here's an attribute of a woman of God. If you are pursuing the call of God on your life, see some moms, you, you, you're in this position because you feel called to raise your kids a certain way or called to live your life a certain way and it looks a little different than other people and you're so misunderstood. I just want you to know Jesus understands you. And here's my encouragement that goes with that. Follow the Holy Spirit's prompting even if it seems absurd. And what I mean by this is like, I think, I wonder if Mary stood outside the door of that room that day going, I'm gonna do this. No, God, I know you're leaving me to do it. No, I'm not. I, I think in her mind, she may have been back and forth. Like, I'm not going, no, I'm not gonna do that. That's crazy, God. You want me to go in like the Spirit's prompting her to go and worship the Lord in this way, pour out this precious thing that she has. So I think, I think a lot of ladies stand at the door of opportunity and stand where God has you right on the line and you know the Lord's calling you maybe or you feel inspired in the direction by the Spirit and you're right at that door and there's a little bit of a fear. Because Why? because you're scared of being misunderstood. But here's the crazy thing. If you're willing to be misunderstood for the sake of Jesus, he will always understand you. And so my encouragement is keep following the spirit, even if it seems absurd at times. Now look at this part of the story again. The disciples, they're ticked off, they're indignant. What a waste, they said. It could have been sold for a high price. And I want you to notice what Jesus does here. He replied, why criticize this woman for doing such a good thing? You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. Do you know what we see? The heart of our Savior here. Here's what this attribute is, is that you are defended. So if you're willing to be misunderstood at times by the world, they just can't understand. Why are you living this way? Why are you always trying to please the Lord? Why do you say, why don't you pray so much? Why are you trying to raise your kids in this Christianity bubble? Why are you trying to use your life to glorify the Lord? Why, why, why does it make, why are you pouring all your eggs in that basket? People misunderstand you, but you need to know this. You have a savior who defends you. He immediately stood up for this woman. And he says, guys, why are you criticizing her for worshiping me? It may be a different way of worship than, than you're used to or you're accustomed to. Maybe it just made the guys feel insecure. What had they given up? I mean, yeah, they were following Jesus, but they got a lot of glory from that. Mary never got any glory from what she did for the Lord other than the fact that Jesus said, I'm gonna make sure your story's told forever. And so defended means this, wherever God calls you, he also covers you. Man, I hope that the word of the Lord will inspire some of you today that are standing on the edge 
not knowing if, if God's gonna defend you or come to your rescue, wherever you are called, if you step where you are called to step, if you step where you know God has put you, sometimes calling is as simple as there's no other option but the one God has given me right now. Because I, I can hear people wrestling in your minds with that, going, yeah, it's cool if you get to choose where you go or what you do. But right now, Joe, I'm in this season and I don't really get to choose, I'm stuck here. Maybe that's because that's where God has you called. But here's the encouragement. Wherever God calls you, even in a hard season that you don't want to be in, he also covers you. When you step out on faith, whether it's a move, a life change, a career change, or it's just surrendering an area of your life you've been holding back, you need to know that the Lord is your defender. There's nothing that inspires like when we watch God show up on behalf of one of his daughters or one of his sons. Those are the stories where we go, man, I can't believe the Lord showed up in that way in her life. Look what Jesus says here one more time. You'll always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. Do you know what Jesus embraced here? That this woman's worship was right on time. Right on time. I'm not really sure that she knew Jesus would be crucified on, on that coming Friday. I don't know if she had that much prophetic insight. But I think that the Lord prompted her to do something in a timely manner. She would never have this opportunity again. It would have been, the door of opportunity would have closed. Jesus would have been gone. She would have never had this opportunity again. And so it was the season of Jesus being on earth ended. And here's, here's the attribute. A woman of God is timely. And here's what I mean by that. Has the wisdom not to miss the season. Mary didn't miss her opportunity. I wonder, back to the door, you know, I don't know what the door looked like in my house when I was a kid. My dad built all our doors. So there were these doors and they had literally a string going through the door in my bedroom with a little latch on the back that did this. Our, our house was built out of wood. My dad, my parents built all of it. So you'd pull the string on the outside when you didn't want anybody to come in. You had this other little piece of wood that you could lock them out with. It's like, mm, you know, you can't come in. But I, I wonder if Mary, I mean, I, in my mind, when I picture Bible stories, I picture that wooden door at my bedroom. And so I, I wonder if, if Mary was standing outside that door, maybe with tears and frustration and, and fear and just going, I don't want to miss my chance, but God, I'm, I'm scared. But here's what she ultimately did. She pushed through the door because she didn't want to miss the season. And I got to look at some of the women in the house and say this, don't you miss the season you're in. I understand that Mother's Day is a hard season for some. I get that. I'm so sorry for the pain and, and loss that some of you have experienced and maybe watching online. But God's with you. And this season is so important for your life. Don't miss it. Do you know what we tend to do? We tend to try to rush through and get to the next. And I, I say this, and Courtney is probably better at celebrating the moment than I was as our kids were growing up, but it was all about if we can just get to the next little league you know, age group if we can just get to the, the next place where they can do more, if we can just get them where, you know, whatever, you can fill in the blank. There's so many things. If we can just get there. And what happens when you get there is you start looking for the next. And the Lord's just pounding my heart when I, was, when I was reading this. And he was like, hey, Joe, you don't miss the seasons of your life either. This is a precious season that you'll never get back again. So I just want to look at you and say, it's okay to celebrate in your season where you are right now. Don't let anybody else tell you that you need to be somewhere else if you know you're where God has you. Do you know what steals the joy of the season? It's comparing seasons. If you're a young woman and young man in the room, 
There's probably a little bit in you that wants to be where older people are overnight. Financially, with the things you have, with the freedoms you have. And God may just have you in a season to pour everything you have into your family and kids right now. And one day that older season will come. But so many times the enemy uses season comparison to steal away joy that God actually wants to give you right now. That goes for everybody. Look at this one more time. She poured, Jesus said this, like, guys, you're, uh, why are you criticizing her? It says, she has poured this perfume on me to uh, prepare my body for burial. I tell you the truth, wherever the good news is preached throughout the world, this woman's deed will be remembered and discussed. And so Jesus uh, would not get to be anointed or embalmed for his funeral. This is really important. No, this is a prophetic word in scripture. Jesus would be crucified and he was Jewish. And so they'd put him on the cross on a Friday, 6 p.m. or sundown-ish. On that Friday night, Sabbath would begin, which means that they would have no time to legally embalm his body. And so they would go and they would take Jesus down and they would rush him to put him in a borrowed tomb of Joseph of Arimathea. And they put his body in there without putting any of the embalming spices on him. But look what Jesus is saying. He knew that in a couple of days he would, be, he would be buried. He would be crucified and buried. And he said, Mary, you don't even know it. And everyone else doesn't really understand this, but she's actually anointing me for my burial. Now, here's a crazy thing. Do you know who also showed back up at the tomb with spices to anoint Many think that one of the Marys was Mary of Bethany. This same Mary went on the Sunday morning and got to see the angel that said, Jesus has risen from the dead. She was going to anoint his body. She didn't even realize she had already anointed his body. And so it's crazy how Jesus can work things into the conversation. But as he gets to the end of it, he says, everywhere, guys, everywhere the gospel's preached. So basically, guys, everywhere you preach, the Spirit's going to prompt you to start talking about the story of this woman's sacrifice. And here's what the Lord spoke to me, that every woman of God, you are remembered. Every sacrifice and every act of worship will be remembered. This is crazy how the Lord works. Our minds are not big enough. Every time you have wholeheartedly raised your hands to the Lord, doesn't matter who you are, every time you've raised your hands up to Jesus, said, Jesus, I worship you, he remembers that. Every time you, if you do have a little one, all those up here, every time you've rocked that little one in frustration while everybody else seems to be asleep and you're there and you're the one and you're trying and you're working with a baby. Every time you were there as a single mom thinking this is just, this doesn't seem fair. Every time you have shared custody and you're trying to figure that battle out sometimes and like what's fair and what's right and, and I don't know, it, here's the thing. Jesus remembers everything you've ever done. Maybe not now in this life will you be remembered, but everything you do will be remembered by the Lord. Sometimes we only think that's our list of sins. Well, here's the thing. At the cross, Jesus Christ said, when you surrender to me, you repent, you turn to me, I remember your sins no more. I'm not saying that, we, that gives us a license to live. No, that's actually a calling to live holy. But here's what I'm saying. Every good thing you have ever done as a young woman, let me look at all the young women in the house and say this. Every time you've chosen to live holy when you know all your friends don't listen, God remembers. He takes note and he remembers. Every time you choose to be sexually pure according to what the Bible says, let me tell you this. Every time you choose that, you know what? Even if you say, Joe, I've messed up before I've blown it. Every time you get back and say, but God, this time I'm coming back to you. 
he remembers. Every time you honor the people in your life, every time you choose a humble high road, every time you've used your power and strength and authority to lift up some, someone else, listen, I'm just telling you, God remembers. God remembers it. He remembers it for all of us. But I think sometimes as women, there's so many things you do and you don't think it matters, especially if you're a grandmother in that season. It doesn't matter. What it, what it, here's the thing. God remembers. He wouldn't still have breath in your body unless it mattered. Jesus said this one time, even if you give a cup of cold water in my name, I notice there'll be a reward for it. Mary inspires us to press on. Now, this last one here, the last one is not in the story per se, but it is because of what Jesus said, it's gonna be remembered. And in some ways you could say that it's not only gonna be remembered, it's gonna be celebrated. And so here's the thing, ladies. Do you know that one day, not only will you be remembered for all the hard things you've done, for all the Jesus things, all the, all the hard roads, high roads you've walked, all the lonely moments, all the sacrificial things, all the courage you've had to muster to live in this world as a child of God, there are so many things coming at our women. So many voices trying to tell you who you are and who you should be and how you should live. And yet scripture's already laid it out. And the Holy Spirit's given you these attributes. And we have this woman, Mary, who inspires me when I read this story. I wanna be a better man of God based on the woman of God that she was. And so we celebrate. And so today, that's how we're gonna end our time together. I wanna celebrate you. I wanna speak over you some hope and encouragement. See, celebration, some of it's gonna be on earth, but I think most of it will be celebrated in heaven. We celebrate your faith. We celebrate your story. Whatever good doesn't get celebrated here, one day it will. Now, when I was walking through this story, I got to the very end and I thought I'd done a pretty good job. I mean, I was like, God, and I actually preached it for our staff, ladies. And I was like, guys, I don't really care what y'all have to say about this message. I preached it on Wednesday for all the ladies. And I said, ladies, Tell me, tell me about this message. And so they literally picked it apart and ripped me, ripped me apart. And I was like, okay, fine, don't tell me, stop. But no, they did, they helped me get better. But as, as I thought about it, I thought there are women in the room and, and there's some women, you hear it and you go, thank you, Joe, I'm here for it. I feel it like woman of God, Mary, I wanna be like Mary, You've inspired, I'm inspired by this word. But then I thought there's probably other people and you're more like me. When you hear this great story, all my life when I've heard great stories about people who did great things for the Lord that inspired, I felt lesser than because I thought I can never be that woman. I'll never be that man. I'll never measure up. I think that's what maybe you feel. So here's, here's what I wanna leave you with. A reality to reckon with is this. If you will embrace your identity as woman of God, all of the other attributes are yours. So maybe in some ways it's time to stop striving and just start worshiping. Stop striving and just start trusting. I'm not saying it's not hard work in life, but if you're striving for your identity, like Joe, I wanna be a courageous person, but I don't think I'll ever will be. Just focus on being a woman of God. Focus on being a woman surrendered to the spirit of God's leading. And here's what I'd say, if you've never surrendered your life to Jesus Christ, maybe you came today to celebrate with someone and you've never truly surrendered your life to Jesus. Listen, that's the most important identity. 
because all those other things are yours only if you are in Christ. So maybe today's the day where you say, Jesus, I'm ready to surrender my life to you. I want to be that woman. Maybe as a man or a husband in the room or a young man, you go, Joe, I want to be that man. I want to be the kind of man of God that Jesus was. Surrender your life to him. Let go of it. Say, Jesus, here I am. But I've asked Jen to come. And by the way, Jen, amazing woman of God that served this church selflessly for years. And so I've asked her if she would today to sing a song over you. And I pray you'll hear the Lord just speak to you that you are his. And if you've just surrendered your life to him, that he accepts you. Will you let these words just flow over your soul today as a woman of God? fighting voices in my mind that say I'm not enough Every single lie that tells me I will never measure up Am I more than just the sum of every high every low Remind me once again just who I am because I need to know Stop! 
have every failure, God. You'll have every victory. Riverbend Church Podcast. To learn more about who we are as a church and how to connect, you can head over to our website, riverbendchurch.life.